Bless the name of Jesus. I'm glad I got to know him, aren't you? He turns your life around. You know, when you're born, you're, you're born head first. So you're born upside down. But David said he picked me up and set me on my feet. So he, to be born again is to be turned completely around. Amen. Well, I appreciate him picking me up one day and setting my feet on a solid rock. All right. Well, it's preaching time. This is a good Christmas sermon. Let's see how it works, okay? Give me the book of Acts chapter 20 and the book of Matthew chapter 6. Acts chapter 20 and Matthew chapter 6. Y'all doing well? Raining tonight, old bad night. But it's not a bad night when your daughter comes home. Amen. I'm so glad Molly's here. Uh, Appreciate her very, very much. She's a good good testimony to the rearing of her mother. Amen. While I was out there crawling around in the coal mines, uh, Shirley was raising Molly for the Lord. Mom, you, you have a very important part in serving God. Acts chapter 20, look at verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel, Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. I want you to mark that. When he had thus spoken down, he kneeled down, spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. Now once you get this this thought, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now at this time of year, you hear a lot about giving. In fact, the words of Jesus here, they're not found in the Gospels, but I believe he said them because they're found in the Bible. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The Lord owns everything. Uh, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. How we spend God's money or the motive that we have in giving is an all-important factor. Now, I said Jesus didn't say this, but yes, he did. Uh, He taught this. Look with me in Matthew chapter 6. Here is Jesus' words on giving. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. 
But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That thy alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Our Heavenly Father, <coughs> I pray tonight that you would help us as we go to preach. Lord, you know our weakness, our frailty. Father, we can do nothing without you, but you told us we could do all things when you strengthened us. So we ask, our Father, for your strength tonight. Help us as we preach. Help us as we listen. Those that listen by way of the uh, Internet or radio or ever how that they come in contact with this sermon. May it be a blessing to their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, the Jewish people at the time of... Uh, uh, the Lord Jesus had three uh, great spiritual bases of whether you were a good Christian or not. Now, I know that the word Christian hadn't even come into play yet, but the spirituality that they had was measured in three things. It was measured, number one, in almsgiving. It was made, measured, number two, in how you prayed. And it was measured in number three if you fasted or not. That's what, they, that's what they thought consisted of spirituality. And these things are not bad. It is not bad to pray. It's not bad to fast. It's not bad to give. But the problem that Jesus is uncovering here is not the deed that you do, but the why that you do. Do we do it to to be seen of men, or do we do it for the love of God? If things are done for the wrong motive, actually it's a sin to plow. Amen. According to the book of Proverbs, the plowing of the wicked is sin and unacceptable in God's sight. Jesus zeroes in on the motive. That was employed by the Jews. And, and what's the reason behind what we do? Do we do our gift giving? Or do we do our giving to the glory of God? Or do we do them just so men will say, Man, what a wonderful giver he is. Do we do it to the praise of God? Or do we do it to the praise of men? Now we are instructed in the New Testament to support the gospel ministry. We are told and, and uh, just almost commanded in the epistles that we need to uh, uh, support the church of God. We are instructed to help poor people. Paul told the Corinthians, uh, uh, now concerning the collection for the saints, he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I've given you an order, the same that I give to the churches in Galatia, that Upon the first day of the week, let everyone lay by him in store as the Lord hath prospered him. Yeah. Not tithing, prosperity gospel. Amen, yeah. hallelujah. The Lord hath prospered him. And then Paul said, whenever I come, I don't want you to have to uh, 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 take up a collection then. I want you to already have it. Yeah. Now we are to give based then on the blessings of God. How good has God been to you? Uh, are we walking rent-free on God's footstool? 
Are we breathing God's air and spending God's money? Living in God's house, uh, uh, the blessings of God. Uh, uh, I think that we, we are not compelled to give, but we give in uh, answer to those blessings that God has given us. Now in the third verse there in Matthew 6, he said, when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Uh, uh, quietly give, not for show, amen, but out of love. <laughs> giving should be a, a, a joy. <laughs> Amen. Giving should be, a, we all need to do that three times. Amen. Giving should be a, a joy. Our giving should not be done uh, loudly, uh, uh, but it should be done uh, bountifully. It may be in secret, but uh, uh, it is to the Lord. <laughs> And God promises us that if we sow bountifully, we shall also reap bountifully. That's what he promised us. Not Old Testament, New Testament that says that. Now, uh, when we do that, it's like planting a crop. You know, you've got to surrender your grain of wheat if you're expecting to have a harvest. You've got to give up that one. But we give it up in the hopes that there will be a harvest to come. Is that right? Amen. Every farmer that gets out here, he plants that crop. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, whenever we plant that crop of giving, we are actually laying up treasure in heaven. Amen. I'm thinking that, that there is perhaps a, a blessing that will come on earth, but there's sure to be a blessing that will come in heaven if we do it as God commands us to do. It seems to me as I read my Bible and as I... Uh, uh, go down life's pathway, it seems to me God's always checking my heart. Always the condition of my heart. He warned me in Proverbs chapter 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In the earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus, He's consistently checking the heart of people that come to Him. I think about Nicodemus. I think about the lady at the well. I think about the rich young ruler. I think about Jairus. He's always checking their heart out. Amen. The Sermon on the Mount. It's not only a constitution for the kingdom, but it's a good monitor for us to live by today. Not to be saved, but just to maintain a witness for God. It's a good thing. When our good deeds are done for the glorifying of God, it's a good thing that they're done that way. Jesus lets us know right then that we will be rewarded for what we do. So tonight in this giving season, I want you to check your motives. Check why you do what you do. Uh, you may be doing a lot of work that will not be rewarded. Wouldn't that be terrible? We do all this work and all this generosity and all this praying and even the fasting and it'd be worthless when we stand before God. The reason it would be worthless is because we did it for the wrong motive just like these Pharisees did for the wrong motive. Now we all want the approval of our peers. I don't want everybody running around talking about me and bad-mouthing me. I, I, I want to have the approval of my church people we all want uh, to be known as, as Christians. That's what we are. We want to have that testimony. Hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And uh, Christian deeds are done for, 
for the glory of God. They are not done for your personal glory. And whenever you get proud and whenever you get cocky and you get arrogant and they boastful in your, that, that shows your spiritual condition before God. God help me. Not, y'all know any cocky preachers? And I know all kinds of them. Amen. I'd like to just set them all down in one group and hey, I want to talk to you fellas. I want to talk to you about, about how to have the approval of God. I talked to a lady in the doctor's office the other day that told me she was married to a preacher for 30 years and she left him. And I said, why'd you do that? She said, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> Is that, I mean, was she at fault for that? She said, he was the most arrogant person I ever saw in my life. This is a preacher. Amen. This is a preacher here in West Virginia and his own wife that divorced him said, I divorced him because he was so arrogant I couldn't get along with him. Shame on a preacher. Amen. Your bank account might be empty. Uh, in, in fact, you might have paid it all. You, you may have uh, uh, did all that you could do, the, the debt to, uh, uh, that you'd pay in Christianity. But you see, Satan loves to bring about this here idea of bragging about who you are. Bragging about how good a church you've got. Bragging about what a pastor you've got. God, Satan loves to put that in your heart to where you get to where you think you're better than anybody else. But I think I was reading, listening to uh, Tim teach the Sunday school class, and, and he didn't mention this verse, but I'm going to turn over and read it. This, this is uh, uh, the verse that the whole class was about this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I've not got it marked, so, so you'll just have to, you can get there as fast as I can. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 11, that's where I'll start. It said, Now all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall arrogance that idea that I am so good that people have to look up to me amen arrogance your bank account's empty my friend when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow him, the average Christian thinks, man, I've got a horrible cross to bear. Somebody done hiked my Facebook. <laughs> Amen. I've got a horrible cross to bear, preacher, a, a, a terrible cross uh, uh, because my remote control isn't working and I've got to get up off of the couch and walk all the way to the television just to change the channel. That's not what he's talking about at all. Your, your cross is basically your ministry that he's gave you, put you here to do. That is your cross to bear, whatever your ministry is, and that will lead to event. You'll be doing it when you die. That's what crosses are all about. Now, look at verse number one. Jesus starts this sermon with a warning. Take heed. Amen. That's not a suggestion. That is a warning. It's not like listening to the preacher if you want to. I told you this morning, it's like 
foghorn leghorn. Pay attention, sonny. It's like that, that God wants to get your attention. Take heed, he said. Giving willy-nilly to the poor, listen carefully, is one of the worst things that you can do. Am I, am I anybody with me on this? Giving to the poor can be one of the best things you will ever do. But it can also be the worst thing you ever do. There is a boy who sits over at Kroger's. Amen. And he's, he's all the time begging for money. We went by there the other day and he wasn't there. My wife said, wonder where he is. I said, he's probably on vacation. <laughs> probably down in Florida enjoying the labors that he's had all this summer sitting there begging. Giving to the poor can be a bad thing. It takes discernment. There are people who genuinely need help. But then, uh, who do you give to? Which one do you give your money to? Do you, have to? do you have to give your money to everybody that says, I'm poor, you need to give me money? The Bible said, I didn't make this up. I can show it to you. The Bible said, if he don't work, then he shouldn't eat. Yeah, amen. 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 Well, I can tell you a bunch of stories, but I'll just go on. Giving is a wonderful thing to do. Supporting a drug habit is sinful. Amen. Giving is good, but enabling is not good. Yeah, amen. amen. I know parents that enable their children. Amen. amen. That is not a good thing. You are not helping them and you are not helping yourself. Amen. Right. Some people give out of duty. There is a, a sense that we are to be the light of the world and Glorify our Father which is in heaven. But honestly, duty is a, a poor reason to give. You see, I mean, what is a good reason to give, preacher? I'm glad you ask. Given because you love God and want to be a light to the world. Given because you love Him and you're not feeling guilty. There are people that feel guilty and so they give not because they want to but because they feel guilty about it. Love is a much better motive. Amen. Give because you love God. Wow, have we attained that yet? Are we still sitting there like those little Baptists uh, uh, wanting to uh, I don't want to give this but, but uh, I'm supposed to you feel that way? Pray. Ask the Lord to take that heart out of your heart. Ask the Lord to, where you could be willing to give with a cheerful countenance and a, a give because you love God. Some people give because they desire the accolades that it produces. I see these on television. They'll have one of these public broadcasting shows and when it's all over, they, they, they say, this show was brought to you by... E.I. DuPont. If, if they couldn't get that on there, they wouldn't have the show. That's right. yeah. Am I being mean? Now, I'm talking, I'm talking about why we give. Did you know that seeking the praises of men will just leave you empty? Verse 5 says, Men pray to be seen of men. Also in Matthew chapter 23, he said, All their works they do to be seen of men. 
They make broad their phylacteries. In other words, they like to wear these, they like to wear these identification markers that, that say I'm a preacher. Yeah. I saw a guy one time, and it was so hard. I think Mark was with me. He had a big handkerchief in his pocket that said, Man of God. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm glad he's got that there because I'd have never known it if he hadn't had that <laughs> handkerchief there. Make broad their phylacteries. Yeah. Amen. Put on their license plate. You know what I mean? Bow the knee because I'm a preacher. No, that's not the way, that's not the way we do it. How about giving because we love God and want to bring glory to his name? The old Puritan preacher, and I love to read them. They, they, they were a little legalistic, but man, they had a lot of good advice. I read one of them and said, I think all men should live to the glory of God, but if nobody does, I'm going to. Amen. Amen. I'd like for all of my church to worship God and give with a loving heart. But if nobody does, I want to go ahead and do it anyway. The recognition that men seek will be found whenever they glorify God. Uh, The desire to rob God of his glory is the very thing that got Lucifer thrown out of heaven. You know what he wanted to be? What's this? A, A little scripture with scripture. You know what he wanted to be? He wanted to be like God. You know what I'm going to be? Watch this. I'm going to be like God. Amen. You say, oh, preacher, where'd you get that? Well, I'm glad you asked me. It says over in the book of 1 John uh, uh, that when he appears, we'll be like him. <laughs> Amen. Now are we the sons of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when he appears, we'll be like him. That's what the devil wanted to be. That's what we get by his grace just to be. Amen. To be like him. In the books of Ezekiel and Isaiah, uh, Satan is uh, addressed uh, uh, through his earthly counterpart. And it, uh, it may be an earthly king doing the deeds, but Lucifer was the force behind him. It's, uh, it's interesting to know that he said, I want to ascend to heaven, I want to be like God. Uh, believe it or not, we can be. With the right motives, we can be like Jesus. Here here in the world today, as a pastor, I cannot afford to get caught up in the politics that goes around the Baptist denomination today. I cannot afford to get caught up in the, I'll scratch your back and you scratch my back. Amen. Well-known preachers, just to get an opportunity to preach somewhere. I have no desire to exalt myself. I want to exalt Jesus. I am a nobody. Amen. I'm a a zero with all of the sides kicked out. I am a nobody, but thank God if God can use me, I want to be used to the Lord. One day the Lord will reveal our motives to everybody. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, make manifest the counsels of our heart, and every man shall have his praise of God, whatever he deserves. God will see to it he gets it. It's a struggle sometimes to keep your motives clear, yeah. motives clean. Because see, we're J-Pethites. Yeah. And J-Peth, he's the guy that God promised to enlarge. Yeah. So we like it big. Yeah. Amen. We don't like no little old corner we like, we like a great big name for ourselves. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, and I'd like to see it enlarged. Uh, 
But I remember Jabez's prayer there in 1 Corinthians when he called on God of Israel, said, would that you had blessed me. Uh, would that you had blessed me indeed uh, and that thou wouldest uh, uh, keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me and God grant that my stakes could be lengthened or strengthened and my lines could be lengthened. Now spiritual, spiritual success is not found by carnal means. A lot of times whenever you'll find out about somebody that done something great and spiritual, then you'll find out that, that they started, they, they was already millionaires when they started. Yeah. Amen. I told a guy the other day, I've been preaching a long time, I ain't never made a million dollars at it. Yeah. And very few others have. Amen. Unless they've got some kind of an inside thing. Yeah. And I'm not going to call names, but, but I can tell you people who, who uh, uh, they started rich. Yeah. Amen. No wonder they stayed rich. See it big. Spiritual success. Hypocrites operate on carnal means. Jesus said so. Matthew chapter 23, verse 3, Therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. I think that's a pretty good example of a hypocrite Christian. Somebody talks a good game. Amen, but they don't do nothing. Their works they do, he said, are to be seen of men. They make their broad phylacteries and barge the borders of their garments just so people can look at them. And during that time on earth, now almsgiving was so respected that the Jews would actually blow a trumpet in front of them. You know that the collection plates in the temple were metal shaped like trumpets. So when everybody would put, put any coin in there, it would make a, what do you call it? A, a uh, rocket. Thank you. Yeah. Acknowledge that someone had done something. Uh, made a lot of noise whenever they gave. And, and Jesus said, don't be doing it that way. I don't want you to do it that way. He said, I want you to uh, uh, take up a collection without ringing the bell. You ever watch a telephone on television? They'll get to a certain uh, uh, number and ring the bells, everybody. Here we go. We've made our $1,000. You notice that? Yeah. <coughs> Hypocrites. Pretenders. Some of them would even be present at funerals. They'd, they'd hire themselves out to mourn. They'd come to a funeral and they'd tear their garments, but they'd tear them in the seams where they could sew them back together. Amen. They were fakes. Yeah. Jesus speaks against fake givers. I'm reminded of that man named uh, Simon there in the, in the book of Acts whenever he saw that the Holy Ghost was given. You know, the Holy Ghost wasn't given always the same way he is today. But anyway, when Peter and John came down there and the Samaritans received the Holy Ghost, he said, man, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have the ability just to lay my hands on somebody and not, hey, look, Peter, I'll pay you. Yeah. One thing I found out long ago, ain't nothing God's got for sale. Amen. Amen. God blesses you. It's not because you bought it. Yeah. It's because he's a blessing God. Yeah. The question is not whether our good works will be seen of men, 
The question is why we did then. Good work should be done and forgotten. Uh, there is a record book in the glory land. Amen. And it'll all come to pass one of these days. How to give. Well, the first thing, the first thing that I'd always tell somebody is what Paul told the Corinthians. First, give of yourself. In other words, if you'll give yourself to the Lord, you won't have to worry about the other stuff. Give of yourself. As a Baptist, we are taught, I was taught from a, a boy that I was supposed to tithe. Wasn't you taught that? I, I was supposed to tithe. And they told me that giving doesn't even start until 11%. 10% was your duty. Giving didn't even start till you went beyond your duty. I think the degree of your sacrifice is the worth that you feel towards who you're giving it to. Chicken and a hog was a was going to talk about taking up collection. And the chicken said, well, I'll tell you something. I'm willing to give a sacrifice. No, I'm willing to give an offering. There you go. And the hog said, well, I'm willing to give a sacrifice. See, for you to have eggs is one thing. But for you to have bacon and eggs is something else altogether. Give your first to the Lord. And then, you know, David, whenever he went to purchase the, the spot for the temple, you remember Arunan uh, uh, owned that property? And he said, David, I'll, I'll give it to you. And David made this statement. I am not going to give the Lord something that costs me nothing. More blessed to give than receive. So David bought that threshing floor with the, the shekels of silver. There's a promise of reward. Jesus said, if your father sees you in secret, he'll reward you in the open. God sees all of our deeds, good and bad, secret and public. And let me tell you, God is not a cheapskate. Amen. Amen. Whenever he rewards you, ask Stephen Brock next time you see him. Or ask Molly, she can tell you. God is not a cheapskate. First satisfaction down here. And then next, glory up there. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That is, if you give for the right purpose. Let's bow for prayer.